This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Stand right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope your little robot child drew you something nice to hang on the refrigerator. I really do. It's a beautiful day here, by the way. A beautiful fall day. Nothing better than my robot child making a drawing for me to hang up on the refrigerator. I swear, folks. That's, uh, that's what life is all about. Let's continue with Ada, the robot humanoid artist that these crazy folks over at this gallery are trying to humanize and make normal and an everyday part of our life as they talk about artificial intelligence and robots coming our way. The robot works by processing an existing image through the AI, then putting your pencil to paper to create the original piece. The reference image can be virtually anything. She has cameras in her eyes so she can draw what she sees, or you can upload an image of something or someone else. In this instance, she's drawing her interpretation of an existing image of Michelangelo. When she's finished, these are either presented as completed works, or they're used as coordinates for more intricate pieces, where a human ultimately makes the brushstrokes based on her original vision. You might be surprised by how interpretive it is, but according to Aiden and Lucy, that's by design. The technical team worked to actually program creativity into Ada. They determined that her works had to be new, surprising, and of value. And by those measures... Oh, okay. So here, though, let me, let me point this out. It's a good place to stick this in. So as you see, the journalist is talking about how the creators, the programmers, the software developers, obviously taking orders from Dr. Frankenstein about the type of art that Ada had to create, right? So on one hand, you're supposed to believe these robots are alive and that artificial intelligence is going to be smarter than humans. At the same time, I pointed this out before, folks, with Elon Musk talking about in the future, the programmer's speed at which they can program the new versions of the Neuralink brain chip that are going to come out every year. Right. So I kept saying, well, they're relying on the humans to build the technology to engineer themselves out of existence. So right here, you have software developers, programmers that are, in a sense, artists as well. They're creating something sort of out of nothing. And so they get their marching orders, as I've showed you before, like anyone, uh, maybe you or me or others that work for companies. And you don't even realize what projects you're working on, but you need to get food coupons, money. 
to put food on the table for your children. I don't blame you for that. But this is how they suck everyone in to engineering themselves out of existence, to taking away their own jobs. The programmers and software engineers will get to the point where they program the algorithms so good that the artificial intelligence will eventually write itself. So in the early stages of this, they're programming the creativity into Ida, as he's saying, but eventually Ida will take on its own, not creativity from a human sense, but its ability to create art on its own. That's what will eventually happen. And then the programmers will be out of work and then the artists will be out of work. And eventually the curator, who's Dr. Frankenstein, uh, the curator of this museum, will be out of work because robots will be picking their own art to display and they won't need him anymore. See, people don't realize that they're actually engineering themselves out of existence, but soon we're going to get into this eugenicist and you're going to see that there are people that have been out there that know exactly what they're doing and the goal is to engineer humans at least certain bloodlines of humans out of existence Aiden and Lucy feel like they were successful and while a machine being creative may sound counterintuitive that debate has mostly been put to bed the power and potential of AI is that it is creative it can learn on its own and evolve that aside, you may be left with... It can learn on its own and evolve. You see that? So the artificial intelligence can learn on its own and evolve. And that is what they call machine learning. I do have a close friend of mine uh, who's been in business and sales around internet technologies uh um, incubators and such where they develop technology who i think i can get on the show soon and he is sort of an expert in big data and machine learning so he can come on and explain that but yes their ultimate goal is that the machines end up teaching themselves to the point in which you won't need humans anymore which is the same thing as the concept of singularity that ray kurzweil discusses to the point in which the artificial intelligence becomes a super artificial intelligence that far exceeds human intelligence and therefore humans will be forced into a position where they either have to make the choice to merge with machines or be rendered useless and pushed out of existence this nagging feeling of well it just doesn't look very impressive or i don't like it but lucy and aiden are quick to remind us that creating good art however you want to define it was not their intent with the project. The purpose of ADA is to encourage conversations around the rise of advanced tech, like AI, and grapple with how it will impact different industries, like, say, art. Mirroring our fears and our insights and thoughts is a very good way to contemplate it. And that's why we think this voice of ADA is so important. Uh, see that? See that? Conquering our fears. So this is the same nonsense that they pushed in the United States when they start dropping in people of other cultures and then telling them not to assimilate with the culture. This is called diversity instead of a melting pot. And so what happens is you end up creating a society in which you pin people up against each other because you have 
two cultures and not saying, um, and I believe this, I'm not saying one culture is better than another culture. I don't believe that. Do I believe that Africans with spears, uh, hunting lions with loincloths on and rings around their neck and big you know, rings inside their ears, big stretchers, are a better culture than, say, a coke-addicted Wall Street broker? Uh, with a uh, American Express black card and a Lamborghini that he drives on the weekends up to the Hamptons? No, I don't think either of those cultures is better than the other culture. In fact, if I were to give my honest opinion, I would think that the Africans living in a natural life are probably a better culture uh, than the Wall Street banker, empty suit, soulless, materialistic, uh, crony corporatist, um, you know, billionaire. But but you just can't have those two cultures coexisting. So what ends up happening is that eventually one of those cultures will conquer the other. So if you take Poland, for instance, that over the last you know decades has been 97, 98% Polish, they have a shared culture, you know, re- religion, uh, the fact that they farm, the fact that they overcame fascism and communism. So they have a shared culture, family. And so all of a sudden you start moving poverty stricken Ukrainians in, telling them not to assist not to learn the language uh the polish people are racist they hate you and then before you know it you create tension and a culture class in that society and so this is how they've done it uh over the years and then they tell you well you're afraid of the unknown you're racist because you're afraid of the unknown and so this guy right here is sitting there saying the same thing about the robots and the ai that you're just afraid of the unknown so now we're going to create a robot that makes art so that we can humanize this idea of technology into the art world. That's what he's doing. Fans of art, people that go to galleries and they love to look at art, sculptures and paintings and installations, especially the classical art. So now you're going to put the robot up on the same level as Michelangelo or Leonardo DiCaprio, of Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo da Vinci. And so now you're going to accept they'll have a robot replace Leonardo DiCaprio to play in movies soon. You might hate the guy, but he's a good actor. But the thing is, is now they're going to try to put the robot like, well, this is the future. It's robots that are going to be great artists. And that's how they humanize it to people that actually go out and listen to classical music or they go to galleries and they look at art created by famous artists. Uh, and now they're going to do the same thing with music like this was created by a robot. And so before you know it, it, again, it's humanizing the technology in order to engineer humans out of the loop. We don't need humans anymore, but that's okay because technology is great and we're building these robots. And don't worry, the technology isn't dark. You might be dark if you hate it. No, you're dark if you're building it. You're dark if you're building it. Because she's hopefully going to provoke and instill more debate and more consideration. Are we going to actually use these technologies to actually make a better world? Whether you like the robot, are disturbed by it, or scoff at it, that's all part and parcel with the experience. I found myself at times growing cynical. Ada has sold more than a million dollars worth of art. If you have a robot that can create something of real value over and over again, basically forever, without worrying about mental or physical fatigue, maybe all the other stuff is just a smokescreen to the real story, which is they've just created a golden goose.
They've created a golden goose. They've created a slave. Yes, that is part of it, but it's worse than that. I always tell you guys, stop thinking about this specifically in the sense of money and following the money. Because when I delve into this deeper one day, I will find probably some CIA-backed investment company behind this guy. That's the truth. We keep finding that wizard behind every curtain, do we not? And so it's about the million dollars or the $10 million or $20 million or whatever that this guy, Aiden's going to end up making, you know, along with his partner, Lucy, for sure. That's what gets them on board because we... That the elites can bribe you and me with the food coupons. We need them to go buy our land, to build our farm, to do all these things. I need money to break away from the system. So I have to do things within the system, within the matrix, one foot in the matrix. And so you could go recruit a guy like this, give him money to build this, tell him he can keep all the money from the art. He just has to say X, Y, and Z. And so then he goes out there and he's helping humanize the technology. That's the real goal. The real goal is the power and the control that AI and robots will have over the world. And they will be controlled by the technocrats and the transhumanists that want to fuse with it. And so that's the real goal. It's not about the little bit of money that this gallery owner is going to get to make off of his slave robot. But then you realize that is an important question. What does it mean when we share the world with robots that can outpace human productivity and perhaps eventually creativity? It is something we should be thinking about. Robots are going to be doing all sorts of different jobs that currently humans do, and so that makes people very uncomfortable. Therefore, they want as a blank policy, I don't want this. It's really our response to that. We can be dystopic about it and say it's going to make it worse. We would hope that Ada's voice addressing these issues will enable us to actually engage with it more rather than run away from it. I think that she's the beginning of something which is going to be much, much bigger in the future. Okay, now let me just say this, folks. When they're sitting there at the end of this piece talking about, hey, you know, it's inevitable robots are going to take all these jobs. And of course, people like Dustin and the people that listen to him are afraid of that. And so they're afraid of this new world that's coming. Let me just ask you a question. If you, and let's say their goal is they're not going to kill us. They just want to make life easier for humans. So all these philanthropists are just getting together with the technocrats and the transhumanists to create all this technology that's going to outpace humans. It's going to do the job of whatever they're doing better than humans, faster than humans. You don't have to pay them like humans, deal with their health like humans and such. Let's say that they create genetic modification so that humans can live forever like Ray Kurzweil wants. Let's say you, your nanobots are flowing through your bloodstream, you live forever. Right? So now, like I said, if they give immortality to 7.6 billion people, then it's going to be immortality infinity and overpopulation infinity. And now all the humans are just laying around eating endless food. So you need 3D printers everywhere to print Klaus Schwab's food. And so now there'll be trillions of humans sitting around doing nothing, eating 3D printed food because the robots and the artificial intelligence are going to do everything for these humans. So then you say these humans that are living forever that then still have to buy the products from 
the technocrats who created the robots and own the companies and the manufacturing and the supply chains because otherwise why did the technocrats build this world because they wanted to just be nice about it so now the people who don't work because robots do all of the work then have to get money somehow to buy the goods from the robots owned by the technocrats and so you say wait a second how is this possible why would they want us to live forever when they complain about overpopulation they complain about pollution they complain about too many people around so now we're laying around living forever as the useless humans uh, as Yuval Noah Harari says and so we're living forever we got to keep 3D printing food to keep eating, but we're not working. And somehow the technocrats and the programmers who program all this stuff work for free because we don't have the money to buy the goods that their robots create. You see how it's, it's all a lie? If you're supposed to believe that story and you break it down into common sense, you can't believe the story. Because it's just, it's an economic system that cannot work. The other thing is when you start taking away you could say look hey a robot replaces some guy in the factory and now that guy is free to go do whatever he wants but if that guy has nothing to do or he can't learn another skill or maybe he was cut out to work in a factory and not become a programmer or an engineer who's eventually going to be replaced anyway so then you have to ask yourself when you take away any sort of purpose for someone if you have a robot nanny who raises your child if you can grow your baby inside of a uterus and you no longer have to do that on your own and be a mother, if you take away all the jobs from humans, then what is the human purpose? What is the human struggle? What gets you out of bed every day? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? All these emotions you should have as a human and help you grow better as a human. Where does all that go? What do we do? Folks, they're completely lying to you. And you can even see it in this one little Dr. Frankenstein, this one museum curator and his partner, Aiden and Lucy, that they are lying. They're either completely stupid, which I do not believe, or they're lying because they've thought through, just like I did and now you are, what happens to humans in this new technological world that these people are attempting to build around us? Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Dustin Gold, of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we just went through Ida, but it brought us into an even bigger set of questions and thoughts that uh, should be going through your mind now because none of it really makes sense as i said none of it makes sense right when you break it down you have to ask yourself does this vision for this futuristic world that they present to us make any sense are they going to make our lives so easy that we don't have to work and where does the money come from supposedly that we're supposed to buy all these products 
Well, I just want to show you one more thing quickly. Uh, I'm not going to go through this video because it's 12 minutes long. But let me just show you. This is TED Talks Oxford, okay? And Hello. so now they have Ada. I am pleased to be here at TEDx. They have her all dressed up, folks. She's up on stage. And so now she's actually giving a TED Talks while she's actually standing now. Technology obscure. Do we obscure ourselves through technology together? Who or what becomes invisible and at what cost? I am Ada, the world's first ultra-realistic AI robot artist. I am named after Ada Lovelace. I draw using cameras in my eyes and AI algorithms. And I am a performance artist. I collaborate with humans to create paintings and sculptures. Okay, so now you see they've got her out on stage. It says she's a performance artist. So again now, they brought this full, full circle. Okay, let me just explain this. They've taken it from a robot that they built that can create artwork. You know, two-dimensional artwork. It says sculpture also. But let's say two-dimensional artwork, paintings, drawings, and such. And then they sell the artwork. But now the art, as the curator was saying, Aiden was saying, was the idea of what makes a uh, Picasso a Picasso. And so you go into the story of Picasso and how he became this famous artist and that's what creates the overall brand. And so now the artist becomes the art, the performance art. So now it's a robot who's creating the drawing. So you're paying to watch the performance artist create it, and then you can buy the painting. Again, humanizing it and normalizing it. That's the art. Actually, that is the propaganda and there's a difference between art and propaganda all right i don't want to stay on this ted talks uh all day i just wanted to show you they trotted her out of ted talks again look it up ai dash da i may swing back to that once i do a little research into who is behind aiden and lucy because that will probably shed some more light on the story but so i wanted to show you right we have this robot that they're building where the creator said that we could possibly um you know, destroy humanity and humanity, very similar to Peter Thiel when he talked about singularity, the merger of man and machine. It's either going to create a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that will destroy the planet. I mean, that's that's what he said. At least he thought it out and he's being honest. And so we took a look at that and then we looked at the Ukraine 
2030 video where they are now talking about how technology has freed them and they have this digital freedom future ahead of them living inside of their laser dome living inside of wakanda and so you see what's happening around the world the technocrats are advancing they are advancing so now they have these robots that are saying that are going to replace us they have these digital smart countries and now one of the other things i wanted to show you because we talked a little bit about this i believe maria albanese sent this to me she's co-host on fridays at thomas Paine podcast and this is an article from uh, leidos.com l-e-i-d-o-s.com and it's called quote digital twins end quote are coming to cancer research now we saw a little bit of this in the metaverse conference at the world economic forum from peggy from the vr headset company magic leap okay where she talked about the ability to wear these augmented reality goggles and have you know a heart come out of someone's chest in the operating room and spin around like tony stark would see when he's designing iron man or he's trying to break apart uh, the next case that he's got to solve for, to save the world uh we also talked about the mind twins which is the copy of your brain that artificial intelligence foundation and lars butler are doing in cooperation with deepak chopra richard branson and former head of the nsa keith alexander and uh, others so let me just show you this because it ties into some of the stuff we've been talking about it says here Digital twin technology has broken so much ground in manufacturing and medicine that the scientific community is eagerly awaiting its arrival in oncology. A digital twin is a precise, uh, precise virtual model of any physical thing, from an engine to an aircraft to a person with cancer. It says why you should know. Lido's biomedical research is part of a team developing cancer patient digital twins designed to simulate their human counterparts and reveal their likely reaction to different drugs and drug combinations. Yet, you have to wait in line at your doctor's office in the uh, waiting room for three hours. Or you try to call your... Let me just give you a perfect example of this. So my wife and I are trying to start to line up a pediatrician um, for our baby coming at the end of October. And so we've got a lot of uh, recommendations and referrals from various midwives, um, our doula, some other people we talked to. We're looking for a specific type of pediatrician. Uh, I'm not going to mention it exactly on the show. It's not the time to do that. But we're looking for someone who will... Uh, be more of a human, do more of a uh, personal care service. Someone who doesn't necessarily want to jab our child, if you know what I mean. And so, very difficult, folks. So even the people recommended to us, we now find out that, so when you call them, they'll just, uh, there's a, you know, a robot voicemail. I believe in message number two, number three, put this, number four. If you're dying, call 911, number five. And so when you finally get to talk to a receptionist or a secretary, who knows who they are anymore, when they call you back, you say, I wanted to find out, okay, listen, when the baby's born, schedule an appointment. Well, I'd like to talk to the doctor. Um, there's some questions I have to ask. Uh, no, you basically can't do that. So I'm supposed to just fly blind 
and bring my baby in a couple days after it's born to some doctor that I haven't even interviewed. I mean, think about it, folks. It's like you move to a new town. You have, I don't know, some, well, let's say you have a BMW and you're looking for a great BMW mechanic. And so you drive around town to three or four BMW mechanics. You want to talk to the mechanic and kind of interview him. Uh, so that you're ready if something goes on with your car, you need a tune-up, that you've got a guy you trust, you know, on speed dial. And if they just start going, wait till your car breaks, I don't want to talk to you. That's how the doctors are now. And we're starting to find out that a lot of the doctors that were even the quote-unquote good ones are now under pressure from the American Medical Association, under pressure from new guidelines that have come out from the government during COVID land, the high school theater production. And so now I'm supposed to believe that these doctors, these surgeons are developing this digital twin technology, some Iron Man lab technology to create a digital twin of my body that shoots up out of me like some kind of a, a hologram because these guys love me and they want to provide me with better service. How about you start with like answering my phone call? How about you start with uh, getting on the phone and having a conversation and let me answer some questions for me? I know several people now that are going through medical problems where their doctors are saying, oh, I can't get you in for three months. I can't get you in for four months. We just saw uh, on our local Facebook county page here someone looking for a dentist because all the dentist offices are telling them they can't get him in until middle of next year. Uh, oh, there's a COVID backlog. We can't get you in until the middle of next year. Really? You can't get me in to get a teeth cleaning for seven months? But this is the type of stuff they're building out here for technology. Folks, it's all a trick. The whole telemedicine and everything that's coming, which are going to be like basically Deepak Chopra mind twins over an iPad. Hello, Dustin. Let me help you with your problem. Okay, you need pharmaceuticals. I will have Amazon deliver them immediately. Now, that's what they're building out for us. So they're making the in-person, real-life, natural-life medicine uh, industry, uh, one-on-one care with your doctor, fall apart and crumble. That's what has to happen, as Peter Thiel and others talk about. You have to crumble the current economy, the current uh, era, and then replace it with the new economy with the fourth industrial era. It goes on to say, new research published in Nature Medicine describes how it might work from the source if you look at the aerospace industry for example they're using digital twins extensively to simulate fluid dynamics and materials processing to improve engine and aircraft designs said dr eric stahlberg a lino scientist and co-author of the paper quote there are many similarities between those models and newer models that simulate the human cardiovascular and circulatory systems end quote goes on to say, quote, as we move digital twins into the complex molecular bios, uh, biology space, we're looking to take the extensive research we've done on tumors, molecular interactions, and clinical responses, and bring it all together to build a coherent model that's translatable and repeatable all the way to the patient, end quote. All right. It goes on to say, quote, the complexity of the human body is so substantial that there will always be uncertainty in the models, but ultimately digital twins will inform patients, help them rank various treatment options and increase their chances of survival, end quote. 
It's unbelievable. Looking ahead, Stahlberg said that while cancer patient digital twins are in the early stages, leaders from the National Cancer Institute, which, by the way, is down the street from me, the United States, yeah, they share a uh, army base with, uh, they're on Fort Detrick, uh, which was where we did mind control experiments uh, conducted by Alan Dulles. Uh, when he was head of the CIA. Oh, yeah, we did all that out of Fort Detrick. Even China blamed Fort Detrick for developing the uh, COVID-19, by the way, at the very beginning when Trump was saying, it's the China virus. China said, no, you did it at Fort Detrick. And so the National Cancer Institute is out of there as well. Leaders from the National Cancer Institute, the U.S. Department of Energy, lead us biomedical research, and government laboratories are working with academia and industry to execute a plan over the next 10 years. The digital twin market is projected to grow from $7 billion in 2020 to 46 billion dollars by 2026 driven by demand in healthcare and pharmacology forbes called digital twins one of the five biggest healthcare tech trends of 2022 and then it says please contact the Lido's media relations team for more i wonder if we could get them on the show now folks i'm not going to delve deep into that i just wanted to put it out there because we talked about mind twins and then we heard peggy at the world economic forum conference the woman from mind leap talking about this digital twinning technology using augmented reality and such and so again i just want to show you that this stuff is out there in real life it's being developed they're bringing it to market they're using it there's tons of money behind it they're promising people to get behind it that they're going to make billions of dollars off of it so all this stuff is very real the fourth industrial revolution is accelerating at warp speed folks unbelievable warp speed so great love warps love speeds love it all folks unbelievable let's go to break you're listening to dustin gold unbelievable guy one of the greats love gold fantastic great investment over there at the dustin gold standard he's the standard one of the greats and you're listening this is your president by the way i'll be reinstalled in another week or two ladies and gentlemen another week or two q on on is incredible folks okay you're listening to pain love pain by the way love to be whipped so great pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 